All right. Hey, Valley Creek. How are you guys today? Let's take a moment and welcome in all of our campuses, whether you're joining us from Flower Mound or Louisville or the venue or Denton or somewhere online or somewhere in the world. Let's all welcome each other together today. And man, it has been a fun year here at Valley Creek Church. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that everything just seems to be more this year? There seems to be more revelation that God is giving to the Valley Creek family. Remember back in the springtime to, to series like Blind Spots, and we said, hey, sometimes uh, what's easy to see in other people is hard to see in ourselves. We got revelation about removing blind spots from our life, or series like Reclaim, where we said we're going to take back what's been lost in Jesus' name. Recently, series like Face Your Giants, which is just unbelievable. We're seeing breakthrough and movement. There's just been so much more. There's been so much more in our next gen here at Valley Creek, so much more as our uh, students are starting HSLX, our hub student leadership experience for the first time ever this year. So much more as Valley Creek Leadership Academy is in its third year and every single weekend our kids have fun and discover Jesus. There's so much more. There's so much more uh, marriages that are seeing breakthrough and people experiencing breakthrough and healing and, and, and people that were in bondage and having areas of freedom in their life. So much more. There's just more life. There's more hope. There's more Jesus. There's more everything. There's just more. And it's been awesome. And so my question is this. Why? Why are we experiencing so much more this year? And as I've been thinking about that, I think what Jesus is trying to tell us, what he's trying to show us is, this year, we've taken so much ground praying together, and praying together has allowed us to experience so much more. You see, in a year of pioneering, we declared that this year, 2019, was going to be a year of pioneering, where we would go into the unknown for the good of others and the glory of God. And if you're going to pioneer, then you must understand, you need a guide. You need somebody who's going to show you where to go. Somebody's going to show you where the pitfalls are and where the peril is and show you where the beautiful views and the vistas are, where you can experience so much more on your journey. Well, Jesus is our God. And in 2019, we have been talking to him. We've been asking him what the journey is going to look like. But we're not just doing it alone. We're doing it together. We've been praying together all year long. We've even actually created a lot of places where we can pray together, like on the first Tuesdays of the month where we come together, we seek God first and pray together. We've been praying as a staff for you during our staff chapels and our development days. We've been praying for you out loud, boldly. We've been praying in the services. Maybe you've noticed that we've added a lot of prayer points into the services. Where we pray for hope or we pray for students or we pray for whatever else God has in front of us. Uh, down front, we pray for people after services, for whatever's going on in their life. Even our serve teams are praying together before they start the weekend. So much more praying together. And here is why that's important. Because in order to be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer. In 2019, we launched a brand new vision to be a movement of hope for the city and beyond. And we thought, oh my goodness, how are we going to do that? And the answer is, we're not. Jesus is. Jesus is going to do it. And so we're going to seek him by praying together. We need him to do it for us. In order to be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer. And not just a few of us. Not just one sweet grandma that gets up on Saturday morning and makes pancakes for her kids and prays for all her little grandbabies. Although that sweet grandma is important. 
And you got people, and I got people in my life, a mama, a father, an uncle, a cousin, a sweet grandma who prayed for us that we would experience breakthrough. And for some of us in this room, when we were living like hell, they prayed in heaven into our life. And so I am thankful for those people, but not just them. Not just one sweet grandma with pancakes. It's going to take all of us to be a movement. You see, a movement is a community with a cause. And the cause is the person of Jesus for a lost, lonely, hopeless, broken world. And so that's what we're doing. We are a community. It takes all of us to pray. Check this out in Acts chapter 1. It says, they all join together constantly in prayer. So this is the early church. This is right at the beginning of the early church. They joined together constantly in prayer. You see, Jesus has just gone back to heaven. And he's given them the most important missional move mandate of all time. Go into the world, make disciples, uh, baptize them, teach them to obey, and surely I'm with you. And they thought, oh my goodness, how are we going to do that? And the answer was, they're not. They needed to go pray. And here's what they did. They didn't just go and escape to a prayer closet. They went to a prayer living room where they all prayed together. Think about it. They immediately go to the upper room and begin to pray. The, their, their upper room was the war room. They were going to tackle this thing together boldly, out loud. And in Acts chapter 4, they're still doing this. Check this out. Acts chapter 4. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were together in one heart and mind. The early church knew that in order to be a movement of hope, they must be a people of prayer. Out loud, boldly, together. And when that happens, man, the earth was shaken. There was a shaking that occurred. There was a movement of the Holy Spirit. What I want you to catch here is that they prayed and that created unity, one heart and mind. And when they had unity, they prayed some more. When they had unity, they prayed some more. And all of that led to victory. All of that led to breakthrough. All of that led to them experiencing so much more as the church. So that's just three chapters later. They're still doing the same thing, praying together out loud in a living room, in the upper room together. And so I bet in those days there was all kinds of different people praying. I bet you Peter prayed out loud. He was bold. He was just going for it. He had lots of confidence. And there were people that were brand new to the thing, brand new to Jesus. And I bet you they just prayed like, help me, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. And all of those prayers were important, and all of them were powerful, and all of them helped create a shaking among the people of God. So if we are to be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer. So if we want to keep seeing things being shaken, if we want to keep experiencing the more that God has for the Valley Creek family, we must be a people of prayer. I got three simple questions I want to answer in order to really learn how to pray together. Three questions to be a people of prayer who release a movement of hope. Here is the first one. What is prayer? Man, that's a good question. Prayer is mysterious sometimes, right? Sometimes it's difficult. It seems like it's beyond us. We don't exactly know what to do with it, but prayer is really, really simple. Prayer is just a conversation with our good Father. Let me try to explain what prayer is not. Prayer is not just a dinnertime nursery rhyme. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. That's not what prayer is. And nor is prayer some kind of religious exercise with a bunch of King James English and these and thous. And imagine, okay, parents, imagine if your kids came to you and they started talking to you like we sometimes think prayer is. Dearest Father, might thou bequeath me with thine frosted flakes this morning? 
Mother and father, I shall traverse to school today. And as I traverse there, will you provide me with thine hedge of protection to take me as I go to school? Make it a portable hedge of protection for me, mother and father. If your kids came to you and had that kind of conversation, that'd be weird. That'd be a weird conversation. That is not what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation where we talk. And so when you're in car line at school, you can just start to talk and be thankful. Say, God, I'm just so thankful for the teachers at my kids' school and administrators that love my kids. Will you just bless them, God? When you're at the airport, you can put down your phone and you can look around the airport and eyes up and say, hey, God, you know, will you bless them on their travels today? Jesus, will you reveal yourself to them? Will you show yourself to them? Will you move in their life? When you're in the middle of a fight with your spouse, first of all, don't pray out loud in that moment. Jesus, help me, Jesus. No. When you're in the middle, when you're in the middle of a fight with your spouse, begin to pray. God, will you help just calm this tension? Will you bring your peace into this situation? God, will you help me not see my spouse as an enemy? Because they're not. And begin to pray, begin to talk and have a conversation. Prayer is just having a conversation and understand prayer is a lifestyle, it's not a last resort. So prayer is when we go to God before the house burns down. Like we go to God before the house burns down. Like when, when the candle tipped over and the wax is spilled on the floor and we need help cleaning it up, that's when you start to pray, not afterwards. In fact, you can just think of prayer as, as the word talk. If you say like, oh, I don't, I'm not very good at praying. I don't know what prayer is. Okay, well, just talk with God. Just have a conversation where you process with him. And understand also prayer is not just about getting things from God. It's also about a relationship with him. So we start by having a relationship. In fact, a good way to think about it is it's relationship first and getting stuff second. If prayer is getting stuff first, that's called Amazon Prime. That's not called uh, you know, prayer. It's a relationship. It's a relationship first. So can I ask you, what is prayer to you? Because really prayer is a relationship, not just about getting stuff. Prayer is not just about a religious exercise. It's about a conversation between you and your good father where you talk and you listen. Check this out in the book of Jeremiah. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Wow. So that means that God wants to actually talk back to us and tell us the inside scoop on things. Everybody wants the inside scoop. Who's going to win the primaries? Who won the game last night? What's going to happen? What's going on with the missional move? We always want an inside scoop. Well, our Father wants to tell us amazing, unsearchable, unbelievable things. So we listen to what he wants to say. For years, we've described prayer as this conversation just between two of us, but I think there's things that he wants to say to us as a people. He wants to speak to us together. When he's writing this verse, when, God, when, when God's speaking this to the people, he's talking to all the Israelites together. And a lot of times we think of prayer as only me and God, but it's us and God. It's all of us talking and it's all of us listening. A way to think about that is that you and God is the beginning of the journey, us and God is the continuation of the journey. You and God gives you hope to start the journey. Us and God is a movement of hope on the journey. Prayer is about us as his people. We are the church. We are being built together. We are the ones that are going and, and talking and listening and processing with God. Check this out in Second Chronicles. It says, if my people, all of us, 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now here's what I want you to catch. Heal their land is not just about geographic or geopolitical boundaries. It's about spiritual boundaries. It's about the places that you've been carried to. It's about the areas of life. Check out this graphic. We all know that the kingdom of God is moving us into different areas of life where we have influence and we have opportunity. God wants to heal the lands of those areas. And he wants to do it through our prayer. So if you're in sports, he wants to heal sports. If you're in business, he wants to heal business through our prayers. But think about how he does that. Okay, God, give me an idea of how to be ethical and how to think more about people than profits. Give me an idea that's, that's beyond what I see right now. That's how he does it. Healthcare, he wants to heal healthcare. He wants to fix what's broken. Praise Jesus. He wants to fix healthcare through us praying about it on how to make it accessible to people, how to use the wisdom of heaven to heal people. Healing of lands. So there's so much healing that God wants to do through our prayers and not even just the areas of life inside of us. He wants to heal your mind, your body, your spirit. He wants to heal you. So my question for you is, have you experienced a growing sense of healing this year? Do you have more contentment? Do you have more peace? Are you getting more wisdom for every area of your life? If so, then you're actually being healed as the people of God are experiencing the healing. What you have to catch is the boundary lines of your family, the workplace he's placed you in, the people he's brought into your life, all of those are the areas that God wants to heal. The land of your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, being healed by the prayers of the people of God. So some of you in this season have experienced healing because the Valley Creek family has prayed for you. Their prayers are healing your land. Their prayers are healing your hearts. Their prayers are healing your relationships, your areas of influence. That is a humbling thing. And so that is what prayer is. It's a conversation that heals lands. It heals the places that were broken. But, but why do we pray? That's really the second question. Why do we pray? Well, the quick answer is to see things on earth as it is in heaven. So let me ask you this. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there chaos in heaven? No. Is there worry in heaven? No. Okay. So then we pray to make things on earth as it is in heaven, where there's healed bodies and restoration, where there is clarity instead of chaos, where there is peace instead of worry. And part of our problem is we spend a lot of times praying on earth as it is in earth. And then we wonder why breakthrough's not happening. On earth as it is in earth is things like, God, will you just help them survive in this season? No. There's not just surviving in heaven. There's thriving in heaven. God, if it is your will, will you, will you heal them or will you help free them from this bondage? No. It is God's will to see people free. It is God's will to see them healed. I don't know why it always happens like that, but I know that I'm supposed to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Look at Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus shows us how to pray, to pull things down into earthly circumstances as they are in heaven where our good father resides. About two weeks ago, I came home 
Uh, I came home to just an intense day, like an intense situation in my kitchen, okay? So there's homework scattered everywhere, dinner's trying to be made, everybody's just snipping at each other. And like a classic dad maneuver, I came in thinking, well, I'm just going to bring peace to this whole thing. I'm going to start talking about whatever is being experienced right now. And it's like I put kerosene on the fire. My eyebrows were singed off. It, was just, it got worse from there. And so we ate dinner. And on the backside of dinner, we noticed that it seemed like the atmosphere had shifted in our family. Like something had changed. And so we wrote it off to just thinking like, oh, we just were, we were hungry. We just were hangry. That's why we were all kind of acting that way, just, just snipping at each other. And wouldn't you know it, I get a text from a family here at Valley Creek. It said this, guess whose name we pulled out of the prayer jar at dinner tonight? They got a prayer jar where they will pray for friends and leaders and family and just different people. Your family. We prayed specifically for guidance as parents, for your girls to thrive. My son prayed that you'd have a good week at work. And in that moment, their prayers healed our land. And in that moment, their prayers made my earth as it is in heaven. My kitchen was transformed by the prayers of a family here at Valley Creek, and that happens all the time. That kind of stuff happens all the time in the Valley Creek family. Before the staff a dream retreat, the staff retreat that's our annual retreat this year, we asked the whole family to pray for us. We had the most amazing retreat. God showed us and did so many amazing things among the staff. With the prayer cards, the, the, the cards that we did, the, like facing your giants cards, when those are filled out on the Tuesday night, we prayed over the entire Valley Creek family, over those cards. We're still hearing about the breakthrough that God is doing in people's hearts and minds from those prayers. In the kingdom, there's always more. So imagine what would happen if we all humbled ourselves and really prayed on earth as it is in heaven. How else does God want to heal our land? Hear me, their breakthrough is waiting on your prayer. Their breakthrough is waiting on your prayer. How else does God want to heal our lands? You see, God wants to align things on earth as they are in heaven through our prayers. To be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer. Church, we have an opportunity to start looking at Scripture through the promises of we more than just me. So a lot of times you read scripture, you're like, oh, that's great. That's a verse for me. It's a promise. No, no, it's a promise for we, for God's people, for the church. In fact, look at Philippians here in this passage. It says, don't be, this is a famous verse that we usually take in for ourselves. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now think about this. When Paul was writing this to the people at Philippi, he was writing it to all of the Philippians. So he was telling them that if they will pray, then they'll experience the peace of God and all of your hearts, plural, will be, will be healed. Your minds will be guarded in Christ Jesus. So you've got to start thinking about Scripture and say, hey, there's some promises in Scripture that want to make things on earth as it is in heaven for we, not just for me. We've got to start to understand that God wants to break things through. He wants to break out in completely different ways than we've known before. When your kid, and think about this, when a, when a dad has one kid in the family that comes and says, hey, dad, we were thinking about getting ice cream today. He may or may not be inclined to go out and get some ice cream, right? But when the whole family goes and game plans to get ice cream, the dad is overwhelmed and everybody's getting ice cream. It's kind of like that. 
When we present our prayers to the Father all together, it moves his heart on our behalf. Your Father has the ability to deliver the peace that passes understanding. He has the ability to give you joy that overcomes sorrow and healing that does not match the prognosis. And he loves it when his children come together, the church, the family he's building, and pray things on earth as it is in heaven. Dad, can we experience your miracles? Will you open up heaven and pour it out upon us? Dad, can you heal them, free them, set them free from their, their brokenness and, their, and their, their mind that's confusing? Open up their eyes to see what you're doing. Dad, can you dot, dot, dot? And when we start to pray for the children in the family, the whole family gets ice cream. The whole family experiences all of heaven pouring out upon them. When you start to pray for their breakthrough, you end up positioning yourself for yours. When you pray for your breakthrough, you position yourself to receive yours. Why? Because when one of us, it's all of us, the family of God. So that's what prayer is, is a conversation, why we pray on earth as it is in heaven. So then how do we pray? That's the next question. How do we pray? Well, we start by just having a thankful heart. We pray thankfully. And the reason we start every prayer with thankfully is we focus on what God has already done and that helps us have confidence for what he's going to do. Church, aren't you so thankful for what God has done in 2019? Come on, come on somebody. And we clap and we celebrate and we cheer on God's goodness. And we celebrate because we got way more to celebrate than to complain about. So we start everything off with thankfulness. In fact, for you, if you struggle with thankfulness, like if you're just like, I don't, I don't even know. Here's a great verse to take a, take a look at. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. All the time I have an attitude of thanksgiving for what God has done. If I don't know how to pray, a great way to start is just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for. Thank you, God, for. And just start filling in the blanks. That's a great way to pray. If you're confident, if you're thinking, I don't know how to pray out loud, I don't know what's, like, okay, just start praying, thank you, God, out loud. It's amazing what kind of breakthrough will happen when you present yourself with an attitude of thanksgiving. So we pray thankfully. The second one is this. We pray continuously, all the time. We keep on praying, keep on having this conversation. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, continuously, all the time. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. It's this constant conversation. It's this constant ability to go to the Father and talk with him. By the way, those are some great verses to memorize. Verse 16 is rejoice always. Verse 17 is pray without ceasing. There's five words memorizing two verses. Keep those in your mind. Why? Because we always want to know what the will of God is for our life. There it is. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, have a thankful attitude. That is the will of Christ Jesus for your life, to live with that kind of heart, that kind of spirit, that kind of attitude. Literally pray all the time. But you're thinking, I don't have time to pray. No, you don't have time not to pray. All the time. And as you do, your heart begins to align with God's will for your life. Thankful, rejoicing, hopeful attitude. And listen, don't just think old school prayer, like hands folded, eyes closed. Pray new school prayer. Like just as you're seeing somebody, just pray for them. When you're working out, pray. You can, you know, when you're in the classroom, pray. When you're going and you're driving and you're in tough traffic, pray. Pray. New school prayers. Think eyes, op eyes up, heart open. Anytime, any person, any place, you can continuously pray to God.
And as you do, you're going to experience this open heaven in every area of your life. Listen, crazy stuff will begin to happen when you pray continuously. Work becomes on earth as it is in heaven. Your relationship with your kids becomes on earth as it is in heaven. The lost, the hurting, the broken, they begin to experience life in Jesus on earth as it is in heaven because of our continuous prayer. So what this does for us is remember, God is as interested in getting heaven into you now as he is in getting you into heaven later. So praying continuously does that. It allows me to experience this open heaven, this ongoing conversation. That is what a continuous prayer lifestyle does for us. So thankfully, continuously, here's the last one, powerfully, like out loud, boldly, like going for it. Why? Because of what Thessalonians says. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Are there any righteous people in here today? Come on, you know why there's a lot of righteous people in this room? It's because anybody who is in Christ is in right standing with the Father. You are righteous. So that means that your prayers are powerful and effective, which means the question isn't whether your prayers are powerful and effective. The question is whether you believe that they are. Because you're a righteous person in Jesus. You have right standing with the Father so you can have powerful and effective prayers. Listen, don't disqualify yourself for something that Jesus has qualified you for. Oh, I'm not good at praying. Okay, well, you're powerful and effective. Don't disqualify yourself for the very thing that Jesus has qualified you for through his righteousness. When we get together, pray out loud, confidently, like your prayers are powerful, like they're effective, because they are. Pray out loud. When we get together, pray out loud, confidently, like your prayers are powerful and effective because they are. Hear me. Let heaven hear you and let hell fear you. That's the kind of prayer we should be doing at Valley Creek Church. Bold, confident, knowing that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. When someone asks for prayer, don't say, I'm going to pray for you. Just pray for them. Just send them a text. Just send them that message. Just put a hand, send them a text or message. Yeah, you can actually write out a prayer. Paul literally wrote prayers to, the, to all the churches. So you can write them a prayer. You can text them as soon as you think of it. Don't say, I'm going to pray for you. Just do it. Put a hand on somebody's shoulder. Pray out loud, bold. Parents, when you're putting littles down at nighttime, pray powerful and effective prayers. How? God, I pray right now that my son would come to understand that he is a Jesus-focused, spirit-filled, and life-giving, beloved son of me and of the good Father in heaven. God, when they wake up in the morning, will they have a deeper understanding that God is good, that, they, that Jesus has forgiven them, that they are loved, and that everything is possible? Parents, you can pray powerful and effective prayers over your children. In Jesus, you have a right standing with God, so let your prayers reflect that. Raise your voice. Raise your voice. Pray out loud, because somebody's breakthrough is waiting on your prayer. So we pray thankfully, we pray continuously, and we pray powerful prayers. Let me close with this. In Acts chapter 16, we hear a story about Paul and Silas, some guys that love to pray. And they're actually on their way to a prayer meeting when they are meeting up uh, together and they're heading out of the prayer meeting and they run into this woman who's demon-possessed and they totally free her and they set her free. They get in trouble for that. It's a crazy story, but they get put in prison. And in Acts chapter 16, we hear about what's going on uh, while they are in prison. And so catch up here to what's happening here. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were singing hymns to God. 
and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Now here's what I want you to catch. Paul and Silas knew how to pray, thankfully, continuously, and powerfully. Thankfully, singing hymns, continuously, about midnight, no sleep to Brooklyn. They were going for it. And powerfully, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. This is a prophetic word for the Valley Creek family. This is what is actually happening in real time. As we've been praying together, as we've become a people of prayer, everybody's chains are coming loose. Everybody's experiencing freedom. Everybody's experiencing the power of God. Because of a season of pioneering, we're seeing the freedom happen across the whole Valley Creek family. We're taking ground in prayer. And guess what? The kingdom of darkness is shaking. And when the people of God take ground together, the individuals of God take ground for themselves and vice versa. And that's why this matters. Because there's people in this room that you know, there's people in this room you don't know, there's people in your community that you know, there's people in your community you don't know, and they all need your prayers. They all need our prayers. We're a family on mission, and we're a family that's going to see hell tremble and prisoners set free and lives transformed and the power of Jesus actually move in people's lives and families and relationships restored, and hope begin to fill up hearts, and the truth of God to reign in people's minds and their bodies and their thought process. That's what we are. We're a movement of hope for the city and beyond. But to be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer. To be a movement of hope, we must be a people of prayer, not just people who pray, and not just a few of us, all of us. Come on, church. We're a community with a cause. And that causes the hope of Jesus for a lost, lonely, and broken world. It's time for a shaking. It's time for everybody's chains to come off. And it's time to pray. So let's pray together right now. So Jesus, we um, are thankful that you have been on the move this year. We see the more that you're doing. And so we even start off right now by just being thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're moving. Thank you for what's been happening across the whole Valley Creek family. We're in awe of it. We're in awe of you. We're in awe of your goodness to us. We're in awe of all of the hope that's flowing across our church family. Right now, I pray for everybody at all of our campuses that we'd really believe that we can be a people of prayer with thankfulness, with a continuous prayer conversation going on with the Father and with power flowing through our words. In fact, even across campuses today, I pray that just because of the tone of this idea of us praying together, that people are going to experience miraculous, crazy healings and breakthrough in their life. Across all of our campuses, even right now as I pray, people experience the hope of Jesus in a brand new and fresh way, and it fills them up. It fills them with their life. Right now, receive the life of Jesus. Receive the hope that comes along with being part of this community with a cause, this people of prayer, this movement of hope. Jesus, thank you for who you are, for what you've done, and that we get to be a part of it. We know that you are with us, you are for us, and so we commit to being a people of prayer, thankful, continual, powerful, 
We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.